Ebullient greetings. I'm your host, Jackie Bird of Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness, your guide to stress and anxiety relief, mindfulness, awareness, self-care, self-love, and personal growth. Welcome and thank you for joining me as we roll with peace in mind. Today's riff is reducing stress. Be an advocate for your well-being no matter what is going on. I know, I know, you may be saying, bird, you expect me to be thinking about my well-being when the sky is falling? The world is falling apart. I'm worried for my loved ones, my friends, the economy. What are you talking about, girl? Oh yeah, I know we have a multiple of scenarios we're living with, such as, I am out of work alone and miserably lonely. I am working from home with school-aged children doing remote learning. Ah! I am taking care of my aging parents and or in-laws. I am separated from them and worried for my aging parents. My business will go bankrupt if I can't open and I will lose everything I have worked for so long for so long. Oh, oh, you know what I mean. Yes, so many different situations we are suffering through. And I can hear some of you saying, how do you expect me to be an advocate for my own well-being when we are in crisis mode of epic proportions? I've got more stress now than ever. Oh gosh, I do hear you. We are all affected by this global event in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And yes, with all that is going on, that is exactly why you must be an advocate for your well-being. As we are seeing people getting sick, leaving the planet, it's more important now to really, really get a handle on your well-being. The more you freak out, the more you worry, the further away you move from any semblance of well-being and balance, and could ultimately be of no use to anyone, let alone yourself. So, you know, we're freaking out, we're doing what we're doing, and we seek solace on social media. And when a bunch of us get together on social media, further fanning the flames of fear, it may feel like solidarity, but nothing really gets accomplished, except upsetting ourselves even more. Becoming more calm is an ingredient in advocating for our well-being, and it benefits everyone. Ask yourself, if you and another person get stuck in an elevator for hours, would you rather be in there with them having a panic attack, rolling around and taking up space, or them remaining calm and using that energy to help make a bad situation more bearable than it could be if you had panic-stricken Polly in there with you? And have you ever been in a situation where you were so scared, you were scared out of your gourd, but you remained calm and you were able to help a stranger chill out? I have been in some instances of being scared, but was able to remain calm and it helped to calm everyone else around me, including the person in distress. It is in hindsight, as I think about it, a miraculous thing to experience as everyone around followed my lead in terms of calmness. 
You may have a boss that panics at everything, making the work situation quite tense, while on the other hand, you may work for someone who is way cool and doesn't have hissy fits when things go south. Panicking does not solve a thing, and when we do that continuously, it puts us in a negative zone as far as well-being goes. It's like giving your cell acids because it's so toxic. Here, cells, I'm gonna give you a cocktail. Take that, drink that down. That's just worry, panic, and fear. T take that, take that. That's what we are doing to ourselves. That's why you gotta advocate for your well-being. And then, you know, some of us are superwoman and superman. Oh yes, you may be able to power through because of a steely determination to keep all the balls up in the air while doing a one-handed handstand. Woo, but boy, all that stiff upper lift stuff does is help to bust up your immune system. And another important reason to advocate and be an advocate for your well-being, especially now. When you take care of your well-being and make that a priority, it's a win-win for everybody. You have got to take conscious care of your mind-body connection. Be more of an observer of your thoughts and actions. Become more aware and put into action those things that take care of you. When you do that, like I said, it's a win-win for everybody. Everybody benefits. Everybody in your household will benefit when you look into advocating for your well-being. So much of the root of imbalance and dis-ease is in how our minds process things, how we think, how our approach to things go. Are we conscious, aware, and present? Or are we operating by rote, on autopilot? That's a question in and of itself to ask yourself as a check-in. Are you conscious and present in this moment or on autopilot? Are you neglecting your well-being by doing or not doing things you know will benefit you? Here are some things to consider. Are you aware of what happens to your body when you see something you disagree with or have a dissenting opinion from somebody else? Let's say on social media. Do you feel your body temperature rising, your heart rate and breath quickening? Though seemingly benign, our constant inner explosions to stimuli, be it on a personal, business, or social media front, sends our emotions up and down constantly and continuously in a given day. One of the many reasons sitting still and breathing deeply is paramount to the success of advocating for your well-being. It gathers you to yourself. It gives you time to gather your wits. You can always tell what your predominant thoughts are in a given period by how you feel. Feeling sad? Feeling angry? Feeling cranky and irritable? Invigorated? Enthusiastic? Uplifted? How do you generally feel about life? And you know, I bet right about now you ain't feeling so hot about it. And that is understandable. But again, that whittles away at your well-being, at your health, at your immune system. Goals. To reduce stress and knee-jerk reactions to stimuli. How do you do that? One plan of action is to observe, implement, and diffuse. Observe, implement, diffuse. This plan of action is not a sprint, so do not judge yourself and keep score. Just number one, observe your patterns. Just observe. Don't judge, just, just check yourself out. Keep a log or summary, how you behave, what your mental workings are when you are stressed, 
What are your behaviors when stressed? And these are not things to ask your partner, children, or friends about. This is about you recognizing your behavior. So do you start worrying or imagining the worst that can happen? In other words, using your imagination to create the things you don't want? Do you over or under eat? Do you smoke? Do you bite your nails? Do you bite your lip or clench your jaw when you're stressed or worried? Do you engage in uncontrolled leg tapping or shaking? Ooh, I see that a lot on the train. Great googa Do you have uncontrolled thoughts in a racing mind? They call that the monkey mind, the Buddhists. I bet you do. That is what we're all working on. <laughs> do you get headaches constantly? Back aches? Stomach aches? Do you snap at people and loved ones when you're irritable? You have bad moods often? Do you get or stay depressed for long periods of time? Do you spend a lot of your day holding your breath, waiting for the other shoe to drop? Truly observe your behavior, that's all. That list that I just gave you, see if you do any of those things. If you do something else, figure out what that is. Observe what that is. And remember, there's no judgment here. This is the fact-finding part of advocating for your well-being. Remember, initially, until you begin to recognize patterns without the need for reminders, keep a journal and document what you discover. Once you have, you know, document what you discover, particularly when you really, 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 really are stressed, which I would guess would be about now. Once you have observed and pinpointed how you behave, react, are affected by unpleasant and stressful stimuli, the next phase is two, to implement. To implement measures to ultimately change the behaviors and reactive patterns you have to stressful stimuli. This entails A, taking deep breaths, long in-breaths, followed by slower out-breaths. Deep breathing is key in reducing stress levels and taking charge of your well-being. B, inserting a mantra during the deep breathing that you can either find or create, like, I am calm, I am guided and protected. I acknowledge the fear and I release it. I will know what to do. I got this. I am capable. Even when I feel like I'm not, I am capable. I am in receivership of answers. I am centered. Or whatever mantra works for you. I tell myself, stop. <laughs> Sometimes depending on my insistence of the replaying of the thought over and over, I just say stop. Just stop. Matter of fact, yesterday, the temperatures really dropped and uh, the heat had been turned off by the landlord. I have a feeling he may not have been around, but anyway, it was cold, 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 and I hate being cold. So I'm, you know, doing my thing and I find myself starting to play that thought over of I'm cold, it's cold, this shouldn't be happening, this is ridiculous, blah, 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 blah. Stop. Just stop. And as soon as I observed, I implemented the mantra to just stop. And then I took a pause and I went on about my business. It is, this is something that is lifelong. This is not something that you will immediately or in the long run master. 
there are always going to be things that push your buttons and you will have to recalibrate. You will have to remind yourself of the tools. These are tools to use when you find yourself getting a little crazy. So you may have to play with a few mantras to find the right one or have a few to use in different situations. Mantras are great tools to help you put the brakes on, runaway thoughts to get you to snap out of it. A, breathing. B, mantras. C, changing your mindset about the situation, person, place, thing, or what you just read that gets you all riled up. If it is a situation you cannot leave or change at the moment, then changing your perspective about the situation will help to lower your stress and pushing back about whatever it is that you don't like. At the same time, implement the changes you intend, not wishing, not hoping, but intend to create for yourself in reducing stress and igniting your well-being. Again, keep a written or digital journal. And remember, our behaviors are habitual, practiced over time, over years. It will take time to adjust them, to recalibrate them. Diligent attention, intention, persistence, and patience will reap results sooner. And I know in a crisis, that is the last thing that you want to be thinking about doing. But I assure you, that when you can get yourself to a calmer place, you will be able to navigate difficult periods in your life much, 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 much better and with less stress on yourselves. As you move through action number two to implement after you have number one observed your behavior, you move to three, diffuse the stress. Whenever you feel stress rising, that's observing, because of your practice, you can shift into implementing the breath, implementing the change your mindset with your mantra, and this lowers your blood pressure, slowing your heart rate, calms the adrenal glands that fire adrenaline and arrive at a more centered state. So doing the two, observing and implementing, allows you to begin to diffuse the stress. Doesn't mean you make the stressor go poof because the stress is gonna be right in your face, the stressor, but your reaction to it is what this plan is about. And in this plan, the question is, what other things can you do for yourself that will raise a sense of well-being? Limiting how much social media and news you inhale is one concrete thing you can do right off the bat, becoming much, 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 much more discerning. And what you give your attention to is key. Sometimes I am so worn out after scrolling down my newsfeed, my emotions thrown every which way. I'll find myself asking, why am I so irritable? You know, it could be like, you know, maybe a couple of hours later and I'm doing something else and it's like, why am I cranky? That's the observing phase. And you know, many times I can trace it directly back to what digital content I had consumed. Social media, while a part of how we roll, can be lethal to our well-being depending on what you swallow. Ooh, how many times have you read someone declaring they were going to take a mental health break from Facebook and social media in general? Have you, while on social media, ever stopped to observe what happens to you? You know, what happens to you when you're on Facebook? Have you stopped to look at that? 
check that out. For example, one day I noticed and realized that in response to a post I saw about something crappy happening to a French child, that my body had tensed. I was squeezing my muscles as I wrote a response. You know, and I'm furiously typing my response. But before I pressed the send button, I stopped. I took a breath and I asked myself if my comment would help or incite. Would it be a solution or contribute to the chorus of outrage, of, of you know, post after post after post and the threat, oh my God, that's ridiculous. That's just awful. That's what was my comment going to do? And in that time, as I'm like asking myself this question, and you know, it don't take 10 years to ask the question. It's just poof, right, very quick. In that time, I decided not to post my comment because ultimately it wasn't going to serve any good. Not me or to anybody else that read it. And at the same time, when I had that realization and made that decision, I noticed that my muscles loosened. You remove the threat, the perceived threat, and your body goes back to a state of well-being if you allow it to. And I was like, whoa, I gotta watch that. You know, becoming more aware of how you function. Man, that that's like everything. The old fight or flight reactions our bodies do for our protection Ooh, heart rate, blood pressure go up, muscles stay tightened up so that you can spring into action, and our breathing speeds up. Regardless of whether the stimulus is a threat or not, it's our thoughts about what we perceive that makes the body go into overdrive. The more aware we become of self, the better we will be. And for those of you who have an interest in gemstones and crystals, that was some segue, wasn't it? <laughs> I just jumped into that. But anyway, you know, for those of you who have an interest in gemstones and crystals, there are many with cooling, soothing properties that you can use in your well-being. And I did a earlier episode about stones that will soothe you. You tend to, and this is a generalization here, the lighter blue stones, which govern the throat chakra, your throat area. Those are some good stones to look at. When you hold a stone and take deep breaths, it is a wonderful way to calm, soothe, ground, center, and balance you. They make exceptional meditation aids. And one in particular to check out is the beautiful aquamarine. It's a beautiful crystal. It's called the Stone of Courage. It has soothing and calming energies and would be wonderful in chilling out the nerves using awareness and presence. In other words, you have to use these stones with intention. All stones, you have to use with intention. You can't just hold the stone and think, okay, abracadabra, and I'm okay. Nah. You have to put your focus and your intention into what you're doing. It's said to harmonize its surroundings, give support to the overwhelmed, and encourage one to take responsibility for oneself. Credit that line to the Crystal Bible by Julie Hall. And what Robert Simmons of the Book of Stones says about the gorgeous aquamarine is so good, I gotta quote him. These luminous blue gemstones are one of the wonders of the mineral kingdom. They are good for all types of calming and cooling, from hot flashes to anger, yet they also activate the throat chakra, assisting one in the clear communication of one's highest truth. They are stones of the water element, which deals with your emotions, bringing one in touch with the subconscious, the domains of spirit and our deepest emotions." Unquote. 
Now, this is like where the naysayers come in. They're like, I, I, held, I held stones, I can't feel nothing. <laughs> you know, whether you can actually physically feel the cooling energy is not the point. So don't get tripped up on that. If you don't feel anything when holding it, the important thing is the thought behind the reason to use it. Because the thought of it as being a positive force in its usage and the intention behind it promotes the healing, the soothing, cooling, and calming. All starts with a thought. Take deep breaths when the stress starts to rise. Remember that stress depletes you of your well-being. Learn to meditate or to go deeper in your practice. My services and products are available to assist. They are stress and anxiety relief and mindfulness tools you can use. Go to Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness. There you will find beautifully laid out eBooks on stress and anxiety relief and mindfulness. You'll find meditation music and guided meditation tracks. You can also book a Stress Busters guided meditation session with me, as well as take live sessions of my guided meditation Sundays and my virtual dance classes. And I'll also have videos, so that's coming soon if you can't make the live sessions. You know, you're in a different time zone or you just are busy at that time. Look for those videos, check my website. I'm always adding things and tools to help us all become more grounded, more rooted, more balanced. Be the peace, become the peace you wish to see. Advocate for your well-being. I will now lead you into a guided meditation. Carve out some time and space to sit or lie down quietly with a long spine let yourself tune into the rhythm the natural rhythm of your breathing Don't force anything. Just listen to the sound of your breathing. Feel the air filling you. Feel the air leaving. Feel the air filling you. With me on the count of four, you're going to take a nice, deep inhalation through your nose. Breathing in with me, breathe in. And exhale.
Breathe in on the count. One, two, three, four. Exhale in one, two, three, four. Breathe in one, two. Expanding your body. Four and exhaling one, two, three, four. Repeating, filling your body one, two, three, four. Exhaling and letting everything go. Breathing in one, two, three. Four. Exhale with the sounds. Breathing in one, two, three, four. Exhale with the sounds. Repeating this on your own time. Breathing in when you're ready. Exhaling with the sounds, like you're letting air out of a balloon. Repeat that on your own time. Breathing in. And exhaling. Breathing on your own time. And as you are in this time and space, connecting to your breath, connecting to self. When you leave this meditation, take the relaxed feeling with you. When stress begins to build, remember this feeling and take a deep breath in and a breath out. And if you need to add that sound, it is another way of a release. And just envision yourself as you let that sound out that you are letting go of whatever is bothering you. Remember to advocate for your well-being and you will be able to advocate for others from a full and deep well. Be the peace that you wish to see in the world. Be the peace that you wish to see in the world. Advocate for your If you wish to go deeper, I invite you 
to visit JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com for more stress relief and mindfulness tools. There's Stress Busters Guided Meditation. You can book an online session. There are ebooks called Seven Daily Thoughts and Mantras for Mindfulness, Stress Relief Tools, Mantras, Affirmations, and Guided Meditation. There is Meditation Music and Guided Meditation Tracks. Again, that is JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. Thank you so much for listening.